0: Because Money was originally recorded as a video podcast, so there may be visuals that don't carry through to this audio-only version. Please visit BecauseMoney.ca to see the show notes, related links, and more. Sandy, we're on. Go for it.
1: Oh well. Good evening. Welcome to Because Money. I was just about to say welcome to Wealth Simple, but that's because we we're just <laughs> talking with <laughs> we we're just talking with Michael Catchin, who is the founder of Wealth Simple, and we have some very interesting news in that it's they have approval from. Um, all the different things that they need to have approval for. So Wealthsimple is launched, and we're talking today about not robo-advisors. We're actually going to spend some time talking about what we should call these online investment advisors, investment managers, wealth managers. We have so many things we could call them, and really it's not a regulated term, so we could just make up our own anyway. Um, and, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about what makes... For healthy investing, and why we think maybe the asset management or the investment industry in Canada and possibly the world is kind of broken, and what we'd like to see in its place, and what we think Wealthsimple might be doing, and some of the other companies to to make that a better world. So, I think maybe if if nobody minds, maybe we can just have Michael introduce himself and give us just tell us what Wealthsimple is and and uh, what you want to say today. Or not? Okay. <laughs> or we scared him away. Oh, maybe there he is. Am
0: I, am I back now? Yep.
2: You're back. You're,
1: Welcome back.
0: Okay. We did throw it over to you, and then you just—we've got a perfect little image of you just sitting there like this. So now that you're back, we'll we'll just throw that right over to you. Uh, we're looking for an introduction: who you are, what you do, and uh, how long you've been doing all that kind of stuff. So there you go. Okay.
2: Great. Well, I'm sorry that I I popped off there for a second. Um, Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm the founder of Wealth Simple, which is a, a new investment management company here in Canada. Our, our mission is to make smart investing really simple and available to everyone, regardless of their account size or, or financial knowledge. It's something we're really excited and passionate about. Uh, my background is both in financial services, uh, where I worked as a consultant for a few years here in Canada, and then uh, technology. So I used to be part of a, a wonderful startup down in Silicon Valley, um, called 1,000 Memories, which we sold a few years ago to Ancestry.com, uh, and I did you know, the whole startup gambit with building tech products and uh, managed to recruit a wonderful technology team from that company. So engineers, product designers, uh, brought them back to Canada, and we've been working on Well Simple for about six months.
1: So I'm going to start with the very big question: What what is Well Simple? trying to do? What is what is it that's broken or that's not filled right now that is going to get fixed or filled by what you're doing?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, so I think the easiest way to think about it is, you know we are trying to make really high quality wealth management available to everyone. So when you think about financial services and financial advice in general, you, know, you think typically great advice has only been available to folks that have a lot of money. When you think about account sizes at most financial advisors, you're looking at 250 dollars or $500,000 as the minimum um, to really get in the door. And that is out of reach for a lot of Canadians. Um, and even if you have that kind of dough, you know, it's really tough to figure out who the right advisors are and to guarantee the, the consistency or quality of service that you can expect. So we're trying to do a few things. One is build a really sophisticated, smart strategy that brings together the best minds in Canadian investment management and builds that solution and strategy out for people. And two is make it accessible to everyone. So rather than having a 250 dollars or $500,000 account minimum, have just a $5,000 account minimum that really opens up the market and lets anybody who can afford to invest really get started with, with smart investment strategies. So that that's really what we're focused on doing is is making this wonderful solution available to everybody.
3: And Michael, where does the where does the simple come into the equation and as far as um you know a uh, model portfolio or something like that that you know people can understand and that uh, can be easily rebalanced or however that works uh, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I love it. I mean obviously, you know, simple is so core cool to what we do we decided to put it in the name um, of the business and I think you know We talked about access as one of the issues with financial services. I think the second is, and you guys are very familiar with this, I think you talk about it on the show a lot, that the financial services and investing in general have become so complex and so overwhelming for people that they shut down and they find it really hard to do the right thing with their money. And a lot of that is due to the noise that's generated by the industry today. And When you think about what it takes to be a successful investor, it really is about the simple... Core principles and sticking to them: of you know, keep your costs low, get diversified, stay disciplined, you know, stick to a plan once you have it. Don't freak out when the markets start moving up and down. And four, you know, contribute to it regularly. And if you can stick to those four super simp- simple principles, you're going to be set up for really successful long-term investing. So, so that's a really big part of what we're trying to do: is is focus on the simple core core pieces of investing. And then strip out the noise from the service and make it really easy for people to set up an account. So you don't have to go out and print off 40 pages of paperwork when you open an account and fax it in or mail it in with you know a photocopy of a check and a passport. It can all be done online now. um, You know, there's no jargon. That we're trying to rip out all the jargon from the site and make it really easy for people to understand the types of portfolios that we're, we're setting them up with.
1: Do you think that? Sorry, I had to laugh for a second. I obviously want to say two things at once, which is pretty typical for me. And my first is really only anecdotal. I used to open online investor accounts for people all the time, all the time. I and I have multiple accounts. I tried to open one not too long ago, and they sent it back with errors. And it, it just made me think if I'm getting errors, and it's not like because I'm a genius or anything, I mean, come on, we all know that that's not true, but if I'm getting errors, and I've done this multiple, multiple times, then surely to goodness there's something wrong with the process. So I really like that that's one of your missions, is, really, is not just to use the word and sort of pay homage to the concept of simple, but to actually, you know, make an effort to make that happen. I don't know if we lost or if all we have. Oh, we didn't. Good. <laughs> Sorry. The second thing I was going to say was, what you're doing is right, I think, making it simple for people. Do you think that, this maybe we're going to do some navel gazing. Do you think maybe that might be a stumbling block? Do you think that sometimes that sometimes we think we're smarter than we really are or we think things need to be more complicated? How are you going to, do you find that your work is, really, is going to now be to convince people that really no simple is better or is it going to be once they're convinced that simple is better you're the person that they need to talk to?
2: It's an interesting question. Um, I th- think both are really important. So, you know, a big piece of, I think, so So if we take back to what we're trying to do, if we're successful in this business, we're going to move the industry in a wonderful direction. I mean, a direction of you know that is in favor of investors, that is in favor of transparency, in, in favor of simplicity, all, all those wonderful things. And I think a big part of what it'll take to get there is investor education. And so... Helping people understand that it's not about the noise that they hear on television all day and the charts that get up on BNN, you know, in terms of, you know, that that is what it takes to be a successful investor. That it really is about the sticking to the simple core principles. So I think investor education is a huge piece of that. But of course, a lot of people know that already. Um, and if they do know that, a solution like Well Simple simply doesn't exist in the market today where they can go and get a really wonderful portfolio that's built for them, managed for them, has automated rebalancing, automated tax loss harvesting, wonderful reporting that it kinda of takes care of itself. Um so I'm hoping that you know both of those things play a major role if that answers your
0: question. Yeah it does. So I'm gonna jump in and ask um now you just you just received uh I don't know uh, permission to do this from the government or whatever that would be called. Um, yeah. <laughs> Government likes I, think, to I, think, I think that's, on the, everything, a, that's yeah. the accurate term yeah, that's the, yeah the absolutely <laughs> um, so you've just rolled out the website now uh, what, what does that look like is this uh, hey everybody come sign up or are you doing it in waves You know, uh, if somebody wants to actually go to your website wealthsimple.com and click invest now what what what's that look like right now
2: this might be a leading question if you've tried it already but uh. I haven't
0: actually <laughs> I'm going to hit invest now and is that just sign up on the list hey there we go okay <laughs> yeah so so a a really important part
2: of um of what we're trying to do is we want to build a product people love to use. So you know the only way to do that is to test it um, you know as much as we can in terms of are we getting the experience right for people as we bring them on board? So we're doing that in a very measured way. Um we're not opening the floodgates we're doing a three waves of beta tests that we've already launched Um, so we have a hundred beta clients that have committed to our our business input and capital and we're in that beta program now and um, as soon as we're through that then then we plan to assuming we're able to deliver that A plus experience that we're promising uh, then we'll open the floodgates and, and let anybody on board.
3: Cool. You know, Sandy talked about, um, you know, how difficult or complicated this process can be even, even to just to go into a branch and open up an account, you've got to sign so many, uh, so much paperwork. What, what type of regulatory hurdles did you have to kind of jump through in order to get this off the ground so that someone can just do this online and do it in an easy way that, you know, won't uh, leave them scratching their heads?
2: Yeah, it wasn't easy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um you know the regulators are are in this really interesting spot right now where there is so much change happening in investment management and the industry that they're just trying to wrap their heads around what should the future look like um, because you know these things have major implications for investors and they want to be sure that they get them right so they're being very thoughtful and very methodical about how they go through this this approval process for any new applicant um, you know the cool part for us is because we're so early in the game here uh, my hope is um, we'll be able to help shape what the future of the industry looks like, you know, through example and through showing, you know, how these things are, are better for investors and able to help uh, investors understand their finances, you know, bring greater transparency to their performance and all that sort of stuff. And I think the regulators are excited about that. So, you know, it's a very intensive process. You apply um, in each provi- province, which is regulated separately. And uh, it took about four months for us to get through this process, but, uh but the regulators are excited about what we're building and, and what we can bring to, to investors in Canada.
3: And how is it different from the client's perspective when, you know, do you have to fill out the know your client risk analysis forms and all those types of things?
2: Yeah, so, so we have no... Exep- so I should make this clear. There are no exceptions to the way that we've been approved. We don't have any particular exemptions from, from the regulatory framework that exists. So the same very strict know your client, any money laundering... Uh, regulations apply to our business as they would to any investment manager in Canada. The, the real difference that we've been able to do is, is simply around the technology um, and the ease of use of filling out some of these forms. So, for instance, you know, with any, with most, I, I can't agree, but it's almost every other investment manager in the country to open an account, you would have to type in you know 30 pages worth of, of account documents. Well you know quite, quite an extensive account application that prints in 30 pages you sign it in 10 spots and then you have to you know mail it in with with this check with a void check and and a copy of a driver's license a big part of what we've done is we've made it all online so you know at least there's this this lower hurdle that you don't have to go to the post office you don't have to print all these documents you can do it from the comfort of your home or your mobile phone it's like a really small thing but actually I think delivers a huge amount of convenience to people as they go through this process the other is, um, is around the context that we're able to add as people go through the account application. So rather than simply putting a PDF form online and having you fill it out, you know, we can try to help you understand what it is that you're doing and why. So why is it that we're asking you about your employment information? Why is it that we're asking you about your financial circumstance and your risk assessment? You know, We can start to paint the context of it so it makes it more intuitive um, rather than the super jarring why are you asking me everything and anything about my life and, and anything I've ever done in, in the past, kind of thing? Does that make sense? Yep.
1: Cool. So my question is, and you mentioned it briefly, you said the regulators are having a hard time kind of figuring out what investment management should look like in the future. And I'm wondering what you think investment management should look like in the future. Not necessarily obvious. I mean, I think you would you would answer this way anyway. but. Not necessarily kind of what Simple is, is doing, but what the whole landscape should look like. I don't know. It's a big question. Go nuts. Blue sky.
2: Yeah, wow. That's a really interesting one. Um, you know, I think, I think more than... I think two things um, more than anything stand out in my mind. One is um, Transparency. So it is just so glaringly obvious that people have no idea what um, investment plan they're in, how much they're paying in fees, what their performance is like. And if there is anywhere in particular where regulation can help move the industry in a really positive way quickly, it's around creating greater transparency. And there is actually, in fact, some wonderful new legislation coming out over the next 18 months uh, called CRM2, which is forcing investment managers for the first time to disclose things like how much are you paying in fees. Um, which seems like, well, don't don't they have to disclose that today? But but no, they don't. It's actually like a monumentous thing in Canadian history, where for the first time Canadians will actually get to see on their statements how much you're paying in fees, and that, and that's a wonderful first step. So I, I just see you know around fees, around performance, um, around you know suitability and why this plan is, is what it is and what, why it's right for you. So transparency is, is a huge piece of what the future should look like and complete transparency about everything, no hidden fees, no nothing, like it, total transparency. And, uh, and secondly, simplicity, like, you know, it, it's this weird tension where we have these huge account applications that are required by, by the regulators to protect investors but sometimes they actually do the opposite which is they scare people away from, from starting. Um, you know, you get too detailed, it's overwhelming and people freak out, it's it's trying to, anything we can do to reduce the barriers to getting people started, I think is, is hugely uh, helpful to moving the industry in, in a positive way.
1: Mm.
3: So the investment industry kind of lobbyists have been going around saying as all this comes, comes through and, and maybe even we start talking about banning embedded commissions or trailing commissions. Um, that's going to leave this mass kind of gap in in terms of advice for the average Canadian uh, as these advisors will no longer have a profitable kind of way to make a living. That's how they make their living now. So I guess my question to you is, why do you want to put so many financial advisors out of work?
2: You know, uh, yeah, no, we don't. Um, (laughs) Loaded question. The the simple answer is we don't. Um, I actually think there are some wonderful financial. There are many, many wonderful financial advisors out there. Um, what I'd love to see them do, though, is really focus on advice and not what I think most of them are, or many of them are doing today, which is focusing on sales. And I think you know there's a huge difference if we can between sales and advice and creating some separation between those two things. I think is a wonderful thing. Um, so I actually don't see advisors going away. I don't see you know, any of these new businesses that are trying to drive down the costs uh, of investments for, for the average person to destroy the financial advisory business. Um, what I hope does is it refocuses people on, on the, the advice and the value add that comes with financial planning and insurance and, and all those other and all those other wonderful things that are auxiliary to, to simple investment management and, and sales.
1: Are you are you the Napster of you and I guess other people sort of, other companies that are coming online sort of in a similar trajectory as you, but are you guys the Napster of financial advice and investment planning? Is that, I, I don't know. Here's no, here, let me
2: talk well, Yeah, I exactly, paid. Napster, you, you know, easily. this whole, <laughs> exactly. Well,
1: it's not the illegal set of Napster. <laughs> but, okay, so you know how, I mean, obviously um, you have, any new company in in any kind of space has an advantage over an old one in one sense that you don't have to incorporate your kind of the legacy stuff you don't have to incorporate the old way of doing things and and like change course halfway and do something different right So you have that advantage, but you also have the advantage that you're not the ones sort of sitting back on your heels and saying, but this is the way we've always done things." I don't know how to react. You're doing something different. I don't want to do what you're doing, but I don't want you to you doing what you're doing to change how I'm doing what I'm doing. So in a way it feels as though the investment advice industry in Canada is is with even with CRM2, with the talk of banning embedded commissions, is really facing a huge change in the way in their very most basic assumptions about the way they do business and it's not necessarily because of you or other companies like well simple it's because it's because it's almost the tide of change it feels like mm-hmm. are they fighting a losing battle do they have to change do they have to roll with the times somehow and acknowledge yeah, that it's never going to be the same
2: y- yes um Yes, I mean the world is changing, and it's changing at an ever more rapid pace. Uh, you see that across every industry, um, and and financial services is one of the oldest industries in the world, if not the oldest, you know, one of them. And um, yeah, and it's 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 for sure, you know, um, feeling the effects of that. You see that in the states. Um, you see the you certainly feel the feelings of it here in Canada, where people see the writing on the wall, where There is a greater demand for transparency from investors. There's a greater demand for for fees that make sense from investors. And especially when you see the cycles that we've gone through over the last, you know, 15 years of of two major market corrections, um, people really asking the question, what what value am I getting from my advisor? What am I paying for? Um, and, And, you know, asking it in a really... Meaningful way, I think that this is the it's forced this type of conversation that um, that will help move the industry in the right direction. Does that answer okay, so your question?
1: That does. That, it was, and again, it was another one of those sort of sandy weird questions, anyway. So I, I apologize sandy, for that.
2: <laughs> I hate to do this. Give me half a second. My my phone's about to die.
1: Go.
0: <laughs> we need some like
3: background music or something
1: of technical difficulties, like. Yeah, you feel
3: like I'm watching an episode of Homeland, guys. Oh, you in your Homeland?
1: Man, unbelievable!
0: Oh, I can hear walking. I can hear steps in the background. This is way better than blinking. Sure. And I'm even gonna try and hold the camera so we can get the black. Oh, there we go. Yes, that's a good view.
2: Sorry,
0: sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I, I probably
2: gave you a little bit of vertigo or something just there. It was no, good. No. I
0: actually focused in right on yours, so the on the video it'll be all of that walking around. Oh great! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You know, startup. We do you, you know
0: little things move here, and, and I'm here loving the, way, the white brick wall behind you. That's that's classy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm it? rubbed straight there. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that I had. I'm gonna jump in. Um, is you're kind of doing it's kind of backwards what you're doing. You're actually leveraging technology to make things simple, whereas <laughs> most people avoid technology because they think it's difficult. Um, I, I really like that. So what demographic, like what kind of person uh, do you think would be attracted to the, the wealth simple model? Is there, a, is there an age group? Is there a, you know, any type of demographic that you're really targeting? I know, of course, you'll take anybody's money, but who, who, who do you really want?
2: So I mean, the answer is, is is everyone, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, tr- truly, I think you know the way we define our we like to think of our community of our community of investors, that we have a really wonderful community at Wealthsimple Simple that we're building, and, and it's a community of people that that believe that low costs, transparency, and diversified investment solutions make, make a whole lot of sense, and discipline and sticking to a plan. And, and the people that believe those things, we want to welcome into our community, and we hope everybody joins that community over time. I think what you're asking is, you know, who's going to be uh, on this platform first?
0: Who's going to use
2: it? Yeah. And I think our, our early adopters, which would come as no surprise, um, I expect to be the young professional who, you know, is in a wonderfully, you know, well-paying position, um, well-educated, building their assets, uh, may not have a existing relationship so is much more willing to try something new is more adept at using technology so is more comfortable with with that sort of thing grew up in the technology world um, I think those will be our earliest of adopters but in the early data that we've seen in terms of interest in simple, it really has been a broad group so for instance we hosted a wonderful feedback session here two weeks ago where you know we have over a thousand people on our waiting list right now we ended just the first hundred to see what the response would be like and over 40 people showed up um, after work on a Tuesday night which was just I mean remarkable to me um, to come and share their thoughts about what they hope the service would look like and you know that group was incredibly diverse we had young folks um, you know in their early 30s late 20s um, you know in, the, in professional jobs in startups lawyers dentists doctors that whole thing and then we had some folks you know. Early families—they just bought a house. They've got two kids. They're starting to think about those phases of life. And then, you know, a bunch of folks that were either in or near retirement. It, it was a really broad section. I mean, it skewed younger for sure, but it, it really was a broad group of people that were out here and interested. You
3: know, Sandy wrote this really morbid article on my blog about uh, what happens when you die. And so, when <laughs> uh, you know, someone is like the you know, take someone in a relationship takes the control of the finances, and maybe they're a DIY investor. And so they've got this maybe complicated strategy of dividend stocks or ETFs or whatever, but their spouse or their other half isn't going to be able to manage that. And so I I can see uh, where this would fill in a gap like that as well, um, where it's something simple that uh, can be managed, uh, you know, or can be automated, and kind of take that stress out of your life.
2: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, um, obviously that's that's a really unfortunate. Um, circumstance that you, you wouldn't hope on anybody, but cer- certainly, um, you know, it's it's a circumstance that happens and you have to talk about it. So, when, it, and I think that's great that you wrote that article. I mean, I'm sure there are people that have had that happen to them and they have no idea where to turn for advice. Uh, so, yes, yes, certainly a simple solution like this would, would be helpful.
1: So, I think that goes back then to one of the things kind of I teased with and what we talk mm-hmm. about, you know, we say don't use the word robo advisor. Um, Rob had put up a post. Not a, he sent us a link to a post on kind of Huffington Post or where I think it was Huffington, right, Rob? It was yeah. a HuffPo, yeah. Yeah, HuffPo um, about why robo advisors or I mean, it's it's you know don't trust your finances to just an algorithm. And I've heard that from. I mean, I've heard that from people that I really like that are in the industry that, that are saying the same thing. Like, I don't know. I would rather just have a real person. And I'm wondering, I mean, term robo-advisor almost aside, why is – it's a loaded question, obviously, because I know what I already think. But Let, why, is on me. <laughs> the, why is robo-advisor the wrong thing? Why is that – I mean, it's not, it's not algorithms. So what's the real experience of somebody that signs up and is working with well simple?
0: Yeah,
2: I think you know the the reason I hate that term um and I think I I've been beating that drum pretty loudly. Uh <laughs> there was an article that John Chevrolet wrote, a, you know, a little while ago that don't call him a robo advisor or whatever it was. Um you know, there's a few things. When I think robo, it connotes a few images in my mind. One is mechanical, um thoughtless, almost, you know, uh, emotionless um and the reality is, with with Wealthsimple in particular, you know, that is not the business we're building. There are real people, real world-renowned experts, and um, you know, wonderful entrepreneurs behind the business that are building a fantastic solution for investors. It is, you know, by no means not robotic and thoughtless. It is incredibly, you know, well supported by academic research and world-renowned experts. So, so one is like the human component on, on who's what's behind the guts. Um, two is, you know, we fundamentally believe that investing, while the process of investing and the discipline investing is really important, it is not emotionless. You know, you're talking about people's money. You're talking about managing people through very important stages of their lives and milestones, like you said. Like even, God forbid, to someone, you know, the awful circumstance of losing a spouse or a loved one, how to manage that from a financial standpoint, this this is not an emotionless thing. And you got to have someone that that's there and able to help you navigate that. So one of the things that we've taken on as, as a core part of our value proposition from the early days is every client gets a dedicated advisor. and that is someone that is there. We're calling it our wealth concierge service. and you know everybody gets a wealth concierge. And the idea is that this is your on-call person, that should you ever have questions or needs or someone to help guide you through whatever milestone in your life, this is the person that you can call call and talk through. They have no sales commissions. They have no sales targets. They are simply there for advice and service. That, That is, you know, the full role that they serve on our team. So, you know, Robo and this wonderful human service that is backed by world renowned experts it just seems that it doesn't jive together and, and that, that's where my hesitation comes from because i want people to not feel that they're trusting this to some you know robot that doesn't understand what human condition but that, that you know that is not at all what, what we're doing
0: here okay so if we if we're talking about the you know the wealth concierge so is every plan the same or is every plan uh, catered specifically to an individual investor
2: yeah, so there are different pieces to a plan, um, right? So so in our early days, you know, we are focused on the investment side of the plan. Um, and we do use models to help us form those plans, but we have a lot of models. You know, we have 40 different portfolios that we've constructed. And a big part of our, you know, um, your wealth concierge's role, especially when onboarding a new client um, or investor to our community is is trying to understand which portfolio is right for you. So from a suitability, a goals perspective, you know, what makes the most sense for you that can vary by different accounts. So if you have one TFSA that you want to treat very differently than a taxable account, we can do that. So the point is we're trying to understand, you know, your goals and needs and and find the right fit for you. Because when you think about it, you know, if you think about that there are, you know, depending on who you ask, call it six to 15 asset classes that are worth investing in. And if asset you know, allocation delivers 90 plus percent of your long-term returns, then you know, there are model portfolios by definition because there's not all that much you know, infinite changes that you can be making in that mix of things. So we use 10 asset classes, and we have you know, quite a number of portfolios that we're able to construct for that based on risk tolerance, tax profile uh, you know, goals, and, uh, and we think that that's a pretty robust solution.
3: And what? And is there a cost difference between any of the 40 portfolios? I don't have to worry about my concierge putting me in the one that pays the highest commissions, right?
2: Yeah. So, so there. Are, uh, make it clear again. There are zero commissions. We, we. The only thing that we make money off is our management fee. We charge a half percent, and it goes down from there as you build assets. So half percent, it goes down to 35 basis points over time. Um, you know, that's remarkably low for an investment manager in this country when you think about most charging one, one and a half percent. Plus, Um, the variance in fees between the portfolios is simply by the allocation to the ETFs in those portfolios so there is some slight variance just given the allocation of certain higher fee ETFs but we do two things one is we only use low-cost ETFs second is we've managed to negotiate preferred pricing on those ETFs so even if you were to try to implement this as a retail investor you'd never be able to match the price point on these portfolios that we've been able to, to offer people because of these preferred pricing relationships we built.
3: But to be clear there are no triple leverage bull bear Bolivian uh, ETFs. no 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 no
2: <laughs> no. to be clear so yeah no so the way we see this portfolio we're not swinging for the fences here this is meant to be the core of your wealth what you're looking to put away for the long term to build a your, your nest egg over time and you know we think about that as a broad base portfolio that is thoughtful about risk. So the the asset classes that we include are your core equities and you think about Canada, US, foreign developed markets and emerging markets. We also include risk managed uh, strategies in there too so things that if 2008 came along again which by the way it will at some point in the future, who knows when but we're going to see another market correction. um, We offer some insulation on the downside so a strategy that moves from equities to cash so there's some balance in there that people won't freak out and sell their entire holdings and jump out of the market. You know, institutional type strategies that people have been using for decades. Well, institutions have been using for decades and retail investors have never had access to it in any meaningful way. Um, you know, and, and fixed income. Bonds are a really crazy type of asset class these days that most people, when they think of bonds, think, wow, this is a really low-risk investment that makes a lot of sense in a retirement portfolio. But given where interest rates are, that's just not the reality today. Um, and when you think about bonds, you really got, or, or the purpose of bonds in a portfolio being to one diversification and two income generation. You got to think more broadly about where to get income these days because bonds just are not that low-risk asset class as you could have thought about them over the last thirty years. Um, so we look at things like real estate, um, you know, dividend-paying stocks as, as other ways to, to diversify the income streams. So, so we're not doing, you know, like you said, triple leverage Bol- Bolivian um, mine- binding strategies. We're really doing broadly diversified index tracking ETF portfolios.
3: So this model has been around in the U.S. for a few years. And so what have you kind of gleaned from that, how that's gone, and, and what, you'd, what you plan on bringing to, uh, to Canada?
2: Yeah, you know, I think if anything, just a lot of excitement. Um, you know, there has been a tremendous amount of traction for for the U.S. players, and I think that just shows that this this whole conversation we had at the beginning around is the industry changing or is it ready for change, I think it's a wonderful proof point that that we are ready for a change, we're eager for a change, and, um, you know, I hope that that happens in Canada very quickly too. So so one is, you know, excitement for where the industry is moving and and the wonderful proof point that we're seeing in the States, and two is, you know, a... um, if anything we we've managed to learn a little bit from from what they've done. So the US guys a lot of people don't know have been through a lot of iterations in their product cycles. They didn't start off um, as these wonderful low fee broadly diversified investment management services that everybody has come to know them as robo advisors. Um, that's kind of been, you know, a few years in the making of product iterations to get where they are today. So we've been able to learn from what they've done really well and and what they haven't done so well so that we've been able to take the best of that feedback to build what WellSimple is right now.
3: And do you expect the learn vests and the some of the big players in the US to, to move up north and I, I just see what's going on and oh, maybe it's a weird example but like say the streaming music uh, industry right now where you know Google launched one and, and now Spotify is coming to Canada and there's just it seems to be uh, all, all these types of uh, services now coming into Canada. Uh, do you see that opening up now with um, with this type of model?
2: Yeah, I get that question a lot. Um, and, what about the streaming uh, music? About <laughs> the streaming music specifically? You like Spotify <laughs> or you Google guy? I'm a Spotify guy. <laughs> if I had to choose, um, although I had a friend at Ardio, so I was loyal to RDO for you know for, for that purpose. I don't know that Ardio ever made it up here. I think it yeah, they made it while I was in Silicon Valley. Okay. So the answer is no, um, I don't think they're coming any anytime soon uh, for a few reasons. One is unlike music, uh, investments and portfolios are incredibly different by geography. So it's not like Wealthfront or Betterment um, could simply take the portfolio that they've constructed, move it to Canada and it would work for Canadians. That, that's, that's not true. Um, there are very Canadian-specific questions that have to be answered in the portfolio from a you know, what does it make sense from a currency perspective, to a tax perspective, to a home bias perspective? Canadians like to invest in Canada. It's not the same portfolio. So, so there'd be a major product change that would have to have happen to make them come here. And two is, unlike music, again, you know, which is a regulated environment, it's nowhere near as regulated as the investment industry is. So th- there is a massive hurdle um, for. Well, you must to have get an answer, to it
3: because I think it is pretty regulated. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Not quite as, as heavily regulated as, as this industry is. But um you know, so I, I don't expect them to come up soon, um if if at all. Plus, you know, the reality is even Wealthfront that, that's doing exceptionally well, I think they have over a billion and a half in assets now, um, which is just remarkable early traction uh in the US. That that frankly in, in the scope of the size of the investment world, it's peanuts. And they've got, you know, from a business perspective, their job cut out for them in the States for the foreseeable future. Um, that's, that's what I'd say about that.
3: Okay.
1: I really want to keep going, but I am noticing that it's 10, 11, <laughs> and I think we might have taken a lot of your time already. Is there anything you feel like we just didn't, is there something that you just wanted to make sure to get out?
2: Yeah, if, you know, I'd say um, my parting thought is really where we are coming from is we're trying to solve a big problem for investors. We want to build a product that people love. We're not trying to build a product in a black box and shove it down Canadian's throats. Um, so we are eager for ideas, for feedback, for suggestions. If people don't like something that we've done, we want to hear about it. If people love something that we've done, we want to hear about it. If people have ideas we haven't even thought of, we want to hear about it. So really if that excites you about having a, a hand in trying to shape you know a wonderful team that is excited about taking on this challenge um, you know we're looking for for partners in our community so so please feel free to check out the site uh, sign up um, whether or not you decide you want to become a client which of course we would love to have you um, you know join join our, our community um, your feedback and ideas would be incredibly appreciated so that 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 would be my parting thought is is we have a big ambition for what investing in Canada could be. We think it's going to take a lot of minds and energy to, to get that right. And uh, we're eager for for help and ideas to get
1: there. Well that's fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on. I think that's great. And congratulations with the rollout. I'm excited to watch to see what, what happens. I hope that you I hope that you break the investment management world. <laughs> I'm really excited about that.
2: Well, thank okay. you so much for having me, guys. It was—it's uh, you know we've chatted a few times now in a couple of different settings, and it's always been really fun to uh, to connect with you guys. I love the show, and I love that you guys just keep the conversation going about uh, you know <laughs> what should be top of mind for investors in Canada. It's it's awesome.
0: Well, well, thanks,
3: thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Good
2: and with great.
0: That. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michael, you killed it. Okay, goodbye. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Because Money is a labor of love and involved no ads or other sponsorship. Be sure to click the like or subscribe button where you downloaded this from, as we'll help other listeners find the podcast and raise our profile, which in turn makes it easier to book guests. Please visit becausemoney.ca for show notes and related links.